Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. That means it's time to ignite the dynamite the day after the dynamite. And welcome to Day After Dynamite. I'm Will Washington. I am officially, I guess, yeah, one one year older than I was the last time you saw me. I'm 35 now. Thank you. But I'm not alone here. I, as always, am joined by a guest. But this guest in particular is one I've wanted to have on for a while. She is question asker extraordinaire. You've heard her all over. And she is Miss Stephanie Chase. Hi, Will. Happy birthday. Belated birthday. Thank How you. Are you. I am great. I just realized there's an underscore in your handle at the bottom. And there shouldn't be. Because there should not be. Yeah, there should <laughs> not be. I'm going to fix that. But thank you for being here on Day After Dynamite, Stephanie. How are you? I'm really good. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Um, it's great to be on Fightful. I love Fightful. And yeah, it's it's nice to virtually see you. I've seen you so many times now in person this year. Yeah, I know. All right. Yeah, it's crazy. Of course. F- hey, full gear, if people don't know, is my birthday. Oh, so snap. Yeah. Birthday with my well, mom, by the way. Which, sorry, actually, mom, I have a birthday for so my birthday my birthday is the day after full gear Uh, but uh, it is it's full gear for two reasons one um you know i'm from i'm from ireland i live in the uk so i'm going by that time even though i'll be in america so the pre-show will be will start at midnight you know my home time so therefore officially my birthday and then these shows are so freaking long i'm sure it will run into sunday anyway so (laughs) if you are attending full gear when the pre-show hits and they say we're on air i would appreciate if the whole crowd shouted happy birthday steph i'm just saying i bet you i bet you someone like like sean ross could totally get that to happen i think 
I think, if anything, because the scrums, especially when we're on the East Coast, always run past midnight, yeah. we should just like stop the whole scrum and just wish you a happy birthday. We should. I think I deserve that, especially from Tony. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, if he doesn't acknowledge my birthday, he can expect some pretty ruthless articles within the next year. Just saying. Uh, uh, and they're saying I need to refresh. They're saying I've gone robotic. So, Stephanie, you're going to have to hang out here for two seconds while I refresh. So, bye. Bye. Oh, my God. Has Will left me all alone? Well, guys, yeah, my birthday is, you know, full gear, technically, for me. So, I'm very, Sorry. very excited about that. Sorry, I, I left just... you hanging on here. I think I'm okay now. <laughs> <laughs> I just plugged my own birthday again, to be honest. <laughs> all good. But... Either way, thank you, everybody, for, again, that's what the chat's for. And, hey, chatters, uh, if you want to help support the show, help do, uh, support what we do here at Fightful, don't forget, leave us a super chat. Um, YouTube.com slash Fightful is where those super chats can be left. Also, leave us a humper chat. Those are at humperchats.com. You can leave those at any point. Just make sure that you identify what show those are for if it's not during the show itself because sometimes stuff will get read over and I guess it doesn't really matter if we read it twice, but sometimes you may have been directing it to somebody specific. Humperchats.com is the way to do that. Uh, also, if you're a Fightful Select subscriber, stay tuned because uh, today is another day of Ask Grapsity. That's coming up here at 5 p.m. Eastern right here Fightful Select, right on FightfulSelect.com uh, with just your $5 subscription. Look, FightfulSelect.com is a really good deal. You got some great news uh, just in the last couple of days. You learned through Fightful Select that the kingdom, uh, formerly of Ring of Honor, and I guess now presently of Ring of Honor, and uh, formerly of the uh, Honor No More, they were the OGK and Impact just a couple weeks ago. They actually, by... Uh, canonically just lost the tag titles on impact seven days ago but either way um you now know that they are all elite they signed multi-year deals all three members of the group did so you're going to be seeing a lot more of them matt taven of course was just announced as having a tnt championship match against wardlow this friday on a live rampage that i think is going to be at the mohegan sun i believe i think so uh but Lots going on, uh, Fightful Select. You also learned about Josh Woods. Josh Woods is officially signed to an AEW full-time deal. Uh, what other news did we drop this week? I don't know. We got some other details. There's some cool stuff. Oh, yeah. That's right. Also, the Elite. <laughs> the Elite is back in the building. And... Talk about burying the lead, Will. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, the Elite is back. And we got some details on that, FightfulSelect.com. Again, all $5. We also have a little cameo being made right now because it wouldn't be Day After Dynamite if I wasn't joined by Jeremy Lambert. Will Washington! How are you? Wait, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You get on screen? Kind it's, a, it's a dab day after birthday. Will Washington. Oh, look at that. What yeah. is that? Yeah. Oh, man. I wouldn't even. Well, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? But I'm, I'm full you. of ideas, Will. I'm full of ideas. <laughs> thank you, Jeremy. Did you say hi to Stephanie? I was going to say hi to Stephanie, who I love your work. You do great interviews. I specifically remember the, the Wardlow interview and the Chris Jericho interview from, like, I feel like it was, feels like years ago at this point. Uh -huh. But I always love covering your interviews. I think you're a fantastic 
Uh, thank you, Jeremy. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. I know we've interacted minimally on Twitter, as I yeah. always say. Will Washington is the forbidden door of media because I just pop up on this show and I mm -hmm. say hi to these people who I've talked to a little bit on Twitter, and now I get to see them face to face or through camera to camera. We're still yeah. facing. We still see each yeah, other's faces. Yeah. I'm seeing your face in two parts, and it's a very interesting that, this way is to my meet someone. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my dad. I like that you come in two halves. Yeah. Yes. I'm preferring the left half right now, but, you know. Oh, I don't. I, the, my better half is in a different room, actually. So um, I should warn the chat that I'm a very sarcastic Irish woman. So, like, just in case, they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Will, it's great to see you. Stephanie, it is nice to meet you. I hope you're feeling better. I read your journey when you were over here in yeah. America, and I hope you are doing well. Um, I am doing well. Thank you very much. Good, good. And Will, hope you enjoyed your birthday. Thank you for the scoop. Pre-wrote the story. Love that. <laughs> Always like pre-writing those stories, Will. There's nothing like the handing things to Jeremy before, <laughs> before they I happen. I tell everybody, DM me the scoops. So I can pre-read the story. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. I literally just want to know it. So I'm on top of these things. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I hope your birthday was filled with fantasies fulfilled. Stephanie, hope you have a great day. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye. You know, it's funny. For those of you that know me, of course, this is a Will Washington thing. However, I'll have you all know. <laughs> My birthday was full of fantasies because yesterday I went on a four and a half mile walk. And of course, in doing walks, you always got to have music. And I did indeed listen to the album Daydream by Mariah Carey. And the first track on that is fantasy. So it was full Aww. of fantasies. Hey, Meet Norma sent in a super chat, said happy birthday. Will. thank you, Meet Norma. Always appreciate you. Uh, and also, yes, as pointed out in the chat, uh, and that was by a shock says Will's Nuggets won on his birthday. I know, right? Um, and you know what's funny? A shock. I almost went to that game, but tickets were completely sold out. It is amazing that sometimes in basketball, you don't have to be good. You just have to be a draw. Because the fact is, that game was sold out. With people knowing full well, the Lakers stink. And uh, what they're 0 4 now. LeBron's kind of washed. Sorry. But tickets still sold out because LeBron's in town. So I didn't get to go. Uh, all tickets I was looking at were still like in the high 800s. Not going to wow. do it. Not going to do it. Uh, so wow. I was sitting way. here thinking, what sport is he talking about? So <laughs> he said basketball. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the funny thing is uh, I, I could have gone any directions you could have also just looked at the shirt but uh either way so the elite is what we were talking about before jeremy stopped in there were rumors circulating all day i had heard from a couple of people i got texts around the same time from three different people that were like uh i think kenny and the bucks are at least nearby because uh I see Don Callis around. <laughs> it was like um, you can't hide him. Yeah, and and it was one of those. Uh, there were there were little things like um, the way that Brandon Cutler is is kind of running around doesn't seem like it has the last few weeks that he's been at Dynamite. It almost seems like he's running around for Matt and Nick. Um, and he has, he has a job now. <laughs> yeah. So 
it, it's it's funny that pretty like a, a lot of alerts went off yesterday as far as are they in the building and regardless you know fightful select also reported last week uh sean with a great story about just the fact that he felt like there was more movement on the cm punk and elite situation than he had ever seen uh and so that turned out to be very accurate very true um we of course got a video package uh, that we'll talk about here in just a little bit but either way the elite are back they're gonna do something my guess is Death Triangle, but they're going to do something here soon. There's only two more Dynamites, actually, between now and Full Gear. So what is that something going to be? I don't know. But how are you feeling knowing that the Elite are back in the building? I think it's good. Um, it is good that they're back. I feel like, so, like, quick story, because, you know, Jeremy, when he came on, was, like, saying, I hope you feel better and stuff. And so I feel like I've definitely invested too much of my my life in AW and then too much more of my life even before AW and CM Punk. So what, like, Jeremy was referring to, like, when I was at All Out is when I realized I am definitely, like, not well at all. And then when All Out ended, I instead I couldn't go to the scrum because it's just like I could like barely walk. So I had to like get in my friend's car and like go back home. So I'm driving, I'm in this car doing like everything. I'm I can barely walk. And then I'm seeing on Twitter what punk is doing at the scrum. So it's like I like my like body was like imploding while CM Punk is and AEW are like it's all blowing up and I was just like this is this you know this had to happen this way like this is the moment and then when I ended up like three days later when it was dynamite I was hospitalized spent the whole day in hospital like in the A&E bit and when they finally said like you you have to be admitted like this is it that was when they brought me onto this hospital room and they were like well here's your tv remote I turned it on that's when Dynamite started and they were saying the titles were vacated. And I was just lying there going, I feel like this is in sync. Like my life is in sync with what's going on here <laughs> in this company and CM Punk. So anyway, I feel a lot better now. And so it's time for the Elite to come back. <laughs> yes, That's exactly. what I think, it's you know. timing. Yeah. Definitely. But, um, you know, spoiler alert, like that that whole story will be how I start my autobiography. But um, <laughs> I think that it's good um, to see the elite back, like regardless of, well, it's silly to like take sides, but it's at the video that they showed. It hit me how much like they are part of AEW, like they're the reason AEW exists. And I want what's best for AEW and what's best for AEW is keeping those guys around. You know, it would have been kind of best with, you know, Cody too, but whatever. Um, so I'm glad that they're coming back and I'm glad that there's movement on it. And I hope it's something like we can all put behind us. And I do miss Kenny a lot. Don't miss the Bucks as much, but I definitely miss Kenny. But they're definitely part of what makes AEW special, just having them there. And there's such a connection with the fans and elite is in the company's name, you know, Yeah. like, <laughs> and, and they address crazy. that though. As a matter yeah. of fact, that was, uh, that was the part I found interesting. 
So mm-hmm. they, well, we could talk about the the vignette anyway because it was the second thing on the show anyway. So they they showed a vignette, and the vignette, which by the way is the graphic of this show, in case you're wondering what that image is, but the the vignette starts with the original image from the January first BTE, which showed mm-hmm. them revealing. Uh, their phones and they all had double or nothing followed by hangman turning his around and it said aew except then uh they, they show that and then they all disintegrate in mm-hmm. uh everybody's comparing it to to thanos except they didn't uh dust but they did um uh they ever they, they disintegrate. in this scenario yeah. is yeah. cody iron man because he's yeah. not coming back sorry right no that's very good <laughs> Uh, that's actually not that bad of a, of an analogy. No. Uh, so yeah, we did see the, uh, we saw that shot. We see the shot of the Bucks winning the tag titles at full gear in 2020 and then, uh, celebrating with Kenny, they all disappear and it's just referee, um, uh, yeah, Mike, Mike, Rick Knox, Rick Knox by himself. And then, uh, we see the shot of Kenny winning the world title with Don Callis and then he uh, disappears and we see the shot of all of them uh, in the middle of the ring with Brandon Cutler spraying them down with the cold spray and they disappear and then the last shot is the AEW logo and the first thing that disappears from the AEW logo is the E and the word elite and then the rest of the logo goes and there's no other word said other than it has Kenny Omega's promo from his return playing over Mm -hmm. it and you can hear the words start to fade out from it. That was the first time this had been addressed. One of the biggest criticisms people had had over the CM Punk and the Elite situation as far as on TV was concerned was that none of it was ever addressed on TV. If you were a TV viewer, one week you have the Elite who were leading up to winning the uh, trio's titles. The next week they are not on TV and there's zero explanation for that. Uh, And it was never addressed nothing along those lines i like that this video package touched on the fact that none of that was ever addressed uh because i feel like i got a lot out of this i got out of this the the fact that here's AEW, but the elite have just disappeared from it what is AEW without the elite that's what i got from this i thought it did just right in raising the right amount of questions and getting people talking about them again and reintroducing the idea of them to television. What did you think of the video? Yeah, I thought the video, as I said before, like it kind of got me in the in the heart in a way that I didn't think it would, you know, because I I remember the January first, you know, waiting for that moment. Um, it's you know they never did address it, and like you're right about what you would think if you were just a TV viewer. Like the way I started watching wrestling um, was WCW, and I didn't get pay per view, so I was watching Nitro to Nitro. If this same thing had happened, I would have been beyond confused. Did, at what of, was going on? Yeah, beyond yeah, you confused. think about things like that for like if you were ever in that kind of situation, right? And yeah. like because uh, there are plenty of people in those situations. The pay per views only do you know tens of thousands yeah. of lives or at least a hundred thousand at best the shows do a million so that means at least only uh, at at worst one tenth of your audience is catching these pay-per-views the rest are probably reading results things along those lines and yeah uh they don't really know what's happening here sometimes mm-hmm. you got to count on the shows to to get you up to speed and so yeah that had to be really weird for some people 
really, really weird. So with the way the video was, um, I am really intrigued with how they're going to bring them back in and give a storyline explanation for their absence that works and will antagonize anyone. Um, Just, I don't know, I feel like because it showed so much of you know them being the elite and the elite being connected to AW, I don't know if they're gonna explain it like they had some kind of weird like crisis of faith of being so connected to what AEW was, you know, like which also just doesn't make sense that they would have won these belts and then been like, who are we and what are we doing? Um, it's very very strange. But then at the same time, in a you know, in a cafe world, it's strange that there is a group called the Elite and it's all elite wrestling and all that stuff as well. You know, like that's just very oh, yeah. odd too, like that <laughs> whole thing. But I think like people are going to be so excited when they come back. I guess they're going to come back and take these silly trios titles and like they were always meant to be, you know, I think, I think maybe everything that happened was just the curse of, these trios titles <laughs> could be I, I, honestly i don't literally like i don't I, know all i know is like i have been mentally kind of doing the same thing i've like been mentally fantasy booking their return pretty yeah. much since the moment um because i'll say there were rumblings pretty much last week that look as far as they're concerned everything's good they're going to be back in the fold i didn't think they'd even be backstage again till full gear Uh, I don't think we'll see them on screen until full gear, to be honest. Um, That's my thought. You think? Uh, Yeah, but they're at... I'm not sure, just because, like, people might be watching TV for them to come back. And then, Mm -hmm. though it's, I guess it's like the Bray Wyatt thing, you know, he he did actually wait until the pay-per-view and people were tuning in for it. But, yeah. Uh, I I, I guess I could see it a couple ways, because um, I know that... Let me see. Next week's dynamite is in. Don't tell me. Um, oh, it is it? I know. Hold on, hold on. Because <laughs> uh, it's the same place, Baltimore. It's in Baltimore, and yeah. then a uh, week after is in Boston. I know that Boston show's not selling too hot. I mm-hmm. like. I suppose if I wanted to maybe spice up like the go home show to. Or that's not even the go home show, is it? The no, the go home show is Connecticut. I'll be Connecticut. at that show. That's right. Yes. Okay, so we got three more dynamites then. Okay, yeah. so there's time. Because, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's uh, Baltimore, there's Boston, and then, yeah, uh, Connecticut. So they got time. But I suppose if they wanted to move some some tickets, that wouldn't be a bad way to do it is to um, advertise the return of the elite at one of those shows. Um, knowing that there's three, I suppose, that, that actually enhances things a little bit more yeah. um, and gives them way more time. Because I'm thinking that... There hasn't isn't a lot of time to just like start adding stuff to this card, but they love to is. wait till the end though. Like they that's, do. That's AW pay per view <laughs> booking, you know. Like but, the rampage before the show. The show add ten more matches. Like that's what yeah. we're used to. I know, right? But uh, I, I don't know. We're we're going to see a bunch. All I know is I'm intrigued. I'm really intrigued yeah, by the return of the intriguing. elite. I I want to see the elite back. I want to see them uh, just back in the fold. Um, I had tweeted a couple weeks ago because uh, people were asking, you know, why would AEW sign um, sign the Kingdom? Um, because I know the Kingdom has their their haters, and uh, I I know that. But one, I, I think part of the reason for that is 
look, the kingdom, as as far as they're concerned, they've been delivering. Like, they were delivering in that last run in Ring of Honor. I know a lot of people really associate them with their first run. I know a lot of people associate Mike Bennett with uh, really the Mike Kanellis run in WWE, which he wasn't even afforded the opportunity to do much. But, like, a lot of people haven't seen his Boston Strong style lately. Like, I think they do have a lot to bring to the table. I know that I'm good friends with Maria Kanellis. Thank you for the birthday wish, Maria. Um, but so I probably definitely hold them in a higher regard than probably most people do. Um, but they also, AEW's lost a lot of tag teams this year. They should be filling the tag team division up. I think that when you think about the fact that they've lost just this year, they don't have Red Dragon anymore. Um, you know, we got to have Top Flight back for all of a month, and then uh, they're not there anymore. They broke up Jurassic Express. They... Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I won't say that one yet. Uh, but there's either way they've lost. They've lost a bunch of tag teams, and uh, it, and then like they've squashed the Varsity Blondes to the point of where they don't have any, or I guess they're just the Blondes now. But they've squashed yeah. them to the point of not having any more credibility. Um, they broke up Team Taz. Like there's not a whole lot on the tag team front right now, and so any teams they can bring in now we've got the Bucks back in the fold, so that's exciting. I think you add the Kingdom into the fold, that's gonna be exciting. I think that. The more teams you can bring in, the better. And I want to see more teams. Uh, but as far as what else you can do, like, I don't know. Uh, my brain is uh, like straight jump to, hmm, well, let's see. If MJF wins the title at uh, at full gear, you could do Kenny versus MJF at Winter is Coming. That'd be really mm-hmm. exciting. My brain wants to see all of the things and I want them to do all of the things we got it, it uh, would actually be such a shame to see them just stuck in the trios but you know like. <laughs> well hopefully they do a lot of what they're doing now except without the losing but um <laughs> the the because even with death triangle being in trios we've seen them in a lot of singles action we just yeah. saw pack last week uh well two weeks ago he lost the um all Atlantic title to Orange Cassidy just last night we saw Penta facing John Moxley, and then next week we've got the three-way with uh, Luchasaurus, Ray Phoenix, and Orange Cassidy. So there's going to be uh, plenty of opportunities for them to continue to. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. 
It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Do stuff that they do while also holding the trio's title. So I'm hoping that um, that is the case. Hey, Tom Talks Rubbish says, happy birthday, Will. Love your work, Stephanie. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Tom. Um, and uh, Orion Ben 666 says, the Elite promo is well done. You can spin any way uh that's true uh, like i said yeah. there's a lot you can take from it orion ben also says uh motto for last night don't pee off stokely ouch yeah uh, apparently so uh and we're about to talk about all of that um we also got a humper chat this one here is from jason r he says happy birthday will swerve has the looks persona charisma and skill level of a superstar i honestly believe by the end of 2023 early 2024 he will have a very successful title run with either the tnt or AEW belt he shows out every damn time uh, agreed i mean yeah. i was fairly privy to some information while he was in while there was a pursuit of swerve from multiple companies um when he was a free agent and i do know that he was not signed under the idea that he wouldn't be a top talent at some point um now some people who watch grapsity will know when he was signed i did say be patient don't expect the world overnight but do expect the world <laughs> um and uh it's it's not gonna happen overnight he knew he walked in with the expectations i think even the tag titles was uh and this is just me speaking um but i think even that may have come as a bit of a surprise in the sense of um i don't think anybody was expecting that that quickly but uh you know a lot of people when they sign sign under the idea that the show exists currently and yes, there are ways to be slotted into the way things currently exist. But I think most people are signing with the expectation that things are going to have to move in order for them to be slotted in. That it's not just a case of you sign a contract, I'm on the show, and I'm going to get these prime spots. Even though there are already people here who were there before me, who are ahead of me, who are more over with the fans. I think most wrestlers kind of have that expectation. I think the only people who don't have that expectation are fans. Because people sign and then they're just like, oh, what happened to them? And it's like, well, again, time. Give it time. Now, some, I think, you know, Malachi was one of those strange cases where Malachi signed in july of last year and his signing came as a surprise to everybody right because i don't mm -hmm. think anybody knew that he only had a 30-day non-compete clause and so it was really a case of well hell we have malachi way sooner than anybody would have thought we have malachi so let's just insert him into this cody program and so he got the he kind of got the world immediately but then after that it was like well now we don't have plans for him and so um I think that is one of those cases, but again, time. Give it time. Yeah, I do. Swerve is certainly making the best of you know everything. He's just like being in this tag team with Keith Lee, but just finding a way to like break out of it as the person that just grabs your attention, which uh -huh. it can be hard going against the uh, the acclaim that are so over. But you know, Swerve's doing it. He is. He is doing it, and I, I, I'm happy with 
pretty much everybody in that division right now. Uh, yeah. Garrett says, we cannot allow Chicago Phil to keep the Infinity Stone. Someone must intervene before he goes after Shawn Michaels <laughs> next. Um, okay. The thing I, I do want to talk about is the other half of this. Shout out to one Nick Hausman, who um, is the only person besides, I guess, Denise. But then again, she's kind of my partner in crime, so we were always joined at the hip. But um, I think the only other person I've seen more than you at scrums this year has been uh, yeah. Nick Hausman, who mm -hmm. is who doesn't miss anything. He's Nick a great question asker, great delivery, great questions, great shirts. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Nick, funny enough, Nick was the first person addressed by CM Punk at the last media scrum, as people will recall. Uh, and Nick got himself a little scoop from CM Punk's camp in which he got to speak to CM Punk's camp. And they gave him a lot of great detail about things that had gone on. Um, there's reportedly a story now that um, Larry was injured in the, the scuffle, um, that he reportedly had to have uh, a pre-scheduled vet visit, but um, in the process had to have two teeth removed due to um, the uh, brawl out, as Sean Rossap has dubbed it and has, it seems to be catching on. So congratulations, Sean. You've won. Brawl out is, is the name. Brawl out is the name, for sure. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so there was a lot of detail to come out of that story, and it's all really, really interesting um, because, of course, the Observer then spoke to um, the Elites camp, who's denied uh, a lot of it. Um, one of the big pieces that came out of it was that uh, Punk's camp had told uh, Nick Hausman in Wrestling Inc. that Punk felt threatened by the elite's entry into the room um, and reacted in a way under Illinois Castle Doctrine laws, which allow for the use of force in defense of a person in their dwelling. Um, and at this time, there is no litigation against Punk or, or sorry, yeah, against Punk on behalf of anyone uh, involved. So at least legally, there doesn't seem to be mm -hmm. any. Uh, any pending cases everybody has kind of at least agreed from that standpoint to to drop the things the other thing that was interesting was that um following the promo back in may that where hangman had uh dropped the the little bit of nuggets in that promo about cm punk that were taken to be referring to colt cabana um that after that punk had concerns uh, he had distrust going into that event, and he had concerns over the fact that uh, that match could break down into a physical fight. Didn't really do that at all. But uh, I haven't seen that match really since it happened. But mm -hmm. I remember it being pretty standard affair wrestling. Um, yeah. That had a hot crowd, but other than that. It was uh, uneventful as a match, <laughs> I yeah, must say. <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, it had the moment of Hangman. Um, had second guessing himself and that costed yeah. him the the championship but other than that it was uh mostly fine um but yeah this this was an eventful week as far as the elite and cm punk are concerned because this is really the first we've gotten to hear some substantial stuff from anybody uh, yeah. what do you think um punk stuff is interesting so i'll preface all of this by saying that 
absolutely love CM Punk and accept him for all his faults. But he is definitely a man who, I think we saw this at the scrum, will be angry at stuff, lies that are being reported in the media, but then not actually say anything himself. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, what are you going to do, man? <laughs> like, that, like, that's what's happening. Um, it's, it's interesting if he could say like that it's taken this long for stuff to come out, especially something that, you know, like hit, like Larry and the teeth seems like a big part of the story that you would have wanted to get out there sooner considering the other stuff that's out. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's, that's interesting. Um, this whole thing about if Hangman was going to shoot on him in the fight, in the match, sorry, is like, th- this is the reason where, why backstage stuff should always just be smoothed out. And we shouldn't have backstage tension in locker rooms that people think is a good thing to make stuff more real because sometimes people end up acting a bit, it it doesn't end up well. Well, what's interesting is that like backstage stuff has existed forever and Mm -hmm. tensions between people in the ring have existed forever Mm -hmm. Um, to where, you know, I, I am curious as to what gave CM Punk that impression that um, I asked somebody about this yesterday and they said, that's interesting because Hangman, as far as I know, you know, regardless of, they were like, I've been in the ring. This was somebody who has been in the ring with Hangman. And they said, I've been in the ring with Hangman and like, he can be stiff from time to time, but I've never (laughs) felt like he doesn't, do anything that wouldn't be for the betterment of a match that um you know as far as promos were concerned um again i i said last week the biggest concern i had about all of that was that yeah hangman dropped those um the workers right stuff in there which probably shouldn't have been said if it wasn't approved or anything along those lines but on the other end of that hangman was still selling a match and doing so he was still yeah. selling a match that he was walking into knowing he was losing. And uh, he still went in there and sold the match. And so, um, I don't know if that's at least what I was given as far as all that's concerned. It's it's all really interesting because I'm not saying Punk's lying because I don't think he is. Um, yeah. I actually don't. I, I can fully see the um, injury having Yeah, I don't think he's, he's lying. Yeah. Yeah. But That said... I've seen a lot of people throwing out there that if Larry got hurt in all of this, then um, why are the elite being brought back? The elite should be fired, all of that. And my thought on all of that is I don't see anywhere, anywhere where it was implied. Because I even saw somebody use the term animal cruelty. And I don't know anywhere where it's even been implied because I, I went up and down the Wrestling Inc. story this morning where it's been implied that anybody intentionally harmed Larry. Yeah. Like, um, that's not to say that Larry being hurt is okay. But what I am saying is that it does sound like in the midst of, um, I guess, bad human interaction, there was uh, a, what happened to Larry was really unfortunate. Um, but it doesn't sound like anybody had any intention of harming Larry. And it also is sounding like... Um, the Kenny story is actually sounding a little bit true in that mm-hmm. um, from what I've heard that 
Kenny was removing Dog from the situation because of the fact that things were happening. Um, but, and you know, you were at All Out. So the thing that keeps replaying in my head mm-hmm. is you remember before the show had started, Larry got out and was running around yeah. the arena. And so that's been playing through my head this whole time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I just keep thinking about that because that was, you know, a fun, cute moment where Larry escaped, got in the arena, and CM Punk had to come out hours before his match into the arena to go retrieve Larry. And there was a big Larry chant, and everybody popped to see CM Punk early in the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot that happened. And, but that's just the thing I keep talk, thinking about in that. Yeah. Wow, that was a cute Larry moment early in the show. And then all of a sudden, now uh, that turned out to be a bit of a negative. It's, um, I feel like other than the promo that we know annoyed Punk, clearly he didn't like Hangman before that. Because to me, like, that's not enough with the way he ended up taking things and going in on him. Well, there was one piece that doesn't get talked about a whole lot, which is Mm -hmm. the, after the, uh, Hangman and, um... Uh, or so after the promo, before Double or Nothing, there was a sit down between Tony, Mega, the Bucks, Hangman, and Punk that didn't go very well. Yeah. Um, that, uh, and I think that also has probably played one of the biggest parts in um, a lot of the feelings from everybody who came out of that specific meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Uh, as far like we as... all we all knew Punk was gonna end up finding someone to have a huge problem with that would lead to his exit. But who had money on Hangman Page? Because I didn't. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't have at all. <laughs> who had they... the money on the handsome cowboy being the guy that just look, pushed him over the edge? Remember their first Twitter interaction? Like we were like, "Oh, look how adorable this is." Who would have guessed that? I certainly didn't. Uh, Anime Otaku says, "If we can get some confirmation if Mega was or wasn't there, I think that will show what side is more credible." The Larry stuff sounds fishy to me. Everything I've heard says she was, um, and that. My understanding is that she's one of the key players as far as um, everything is concerned. Uh, that's that's pretty much all I know um, uh, in that regard. The uh, let's see, we got another super chat uh, or humper chat, I should say. I want to make sure I bring this button up on screen. So let's do the old copy and paste, and we'll read Van Twinblade telling us that uh he says happy birth miss will glory pro has gifted you benjamin trust atm and moses versus shoda gpa and crash jackson uh and says karam and rohit have been added to the bussy ground grindhouse match and while heidi uh howitzer had been added to the blair onyx and heather reckless match thank you Fan Twin Blade, I appreciate the update. Always appreciate Glory Pro updates. And MC Scammer, that's a great name, by the way, uh, gave us one. 
that says, and we'll get rid of a half a word there. This one from MC Scammer says, happy birthday, Will. My dad is my favorite Fightful show every week. Uh, on my way to a new job interview for Becton Dickinson Medical Supplies Company for a top management position. Wish me luck, bro. Steph, you look amazing as always. Thank oh, you, thank MC you. Good luck. <laughs> yes, good luck, MC Scammer. I appreciate that. Don't scam your company. But yep. uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And yes, good luck with the interview. I hope you get it. Uh, let us know. Keep us posted and give us an update on how that goes. Um, and so, yeah, that's all the information that we've gotten as far as, I guess, some of the scoops of the week, <laughs> all the information you're getting from the old dirty sheets. Uh, but speaking of dirt sheets, we have a word from our sponsor. The only good dirt sheets are here at Fightful. You don't want dirt sheets on your bed. That's why you need Miracle Brand. TryMiracle.com slash Fightful. That's TryMiracle.com slash Fightful. Get a free three-piece towel set. Save 40% off. These sheets are fantastic. They have great comfort, great quality with those premium 500 thread count sateen weaves that are made with USA-grown Supima cotton. One of the highest quality cottons in the world. It's better for your skin. Stop sleeping on bacteria. These Miracle Brand sheets help prevent 99% of bacteria require three times less laundry than regular sheets. And they're self-cooling with silver-infused fabrics originally developed by NASA. TryMiracle.com slash Fightful. Again, TryMiracle.com slash Fightful. Save 40% and get three free towels. How can you beat that? Get rid of your dirt sheets, well, besides us, and get Miracle. TryMiracle.com slash Fightful. He should so. be doing that from a bed or a bath. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. But yeah. <laughs> let's talk about the events of AEW Dynamite, shall we? Mm-hmm. So... Dynamite this week opens up with a tag team match. We've got the Blackpool Combat Club still going at it with Jericho Appreciation Society. It's funny we're talk we were talking about Double or Nothing, which feels like an eternity ago. Yes. But also, we saw this feud going back yes. then, and it's still going. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club members uh, Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta took on the team of Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia. This is a team that we just saw two weeks ago defeat the team. Actually, no, we didn't see them two weeks ago, but we've seen these two in action. You know what I mean? Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara defeated Daniel Garcia and, and Brian Danielson. And um, all of that was to play into the fact that uh, they, for the most part, have been getting the best of the Blackpool Combat Club when Brian Danielson's involved. But here, there was no Brian Danielson. How did the affair turn out? Let me tell you, Stephanie. I've been a big Claudio fan for years. I wanted to see him do everything he could possibly do as Cesaro in WWE, and I didn't get to see a whole lot of it. One of the things that AEW crowds are known for being is lively, that they are just into wrestling matches, to the point of where when I watch shows that don't have AEW crowds, it throws me off because of how much I'm expecting sound with certain bits of offense and I'm not getting it. Mm-hmm. Throws me off. This wasn't even one of the better attended dynamites. Um, this one only had like a little over 3,000 people. And yet, 
gosh. My point where I'm going here is that I don't think anybody wrestles in a way that's built for this type of crowd more than Claudio Castagnoli. Mm-hmm. His offense is just made to pop these guys. And uh, as Orion Ben in the chat is saying, that was Chikara Claudio last night. Fully agreed. He was wrestling in a way to pop that crowd and pop them on all of his offense. I wasn't expecting this match to be as fun as it was, but this was a hoot. Yeah, it was great. I love Claudio as well. I would put, if you asked me to name like a list of the most like underutilized wrestlers in the past like 10 years that have had big platforms, like Claudio would be one of them. And I've I've been kind of feeling that way about him in, in AEW too, to be honest. I don't think that they've really used him to his full ability so far. He kind of got a bit lost. Um, he like, he didn't really get to do anything with the, with the ROH title, but it was really great to see him last night. He absolutely pops the crowd. Like that's how the whole Cesaro section, you know, was born. Like this guy gets people going and like his offense, plus just even the fact he could do the big swing. And then last night he swings Jericho and he's got Garcia on him as well. On Just his so <laughs> impressive. Like talk about people channel hopping. If I was channel hopping and I saw a guy do that, I'd, I would stay on the channel to see <laughs> what else is coming. But it was a really fun match. Um, This storyline that has been going on for a long time between these two factions like let's be honest it's it's been really long but there's kind of enough players in it that they've been able to like mix it up a little bit um i'm kind of confused about the garcia part like where they're actually going with it and him turning back to turning back to jericho in canada especially uh what was a confusing element but we'll, that's one of those things where like i don't want to be too down on that in case it turns out it was some grand plan however i'm not really sure that there's a grand plan that would make sense for it happening in canada when it was seen as a face thing but anyway yeah. you know like that's kind of just the problem i had with it but great match and claudio getting the pin i'm happy to see that and i hope like this means we get a bit more claudio on our tv I hope so. Now, granted, uh, there there's still the rumors out there, and I'm hearing that everybody is pretty confident in them. Um, that the that Ring of Honor is going to have its own show, and I can't imagine that, um, considering when and where Claudio was brought in, that yeah. he was going to be a significant part of that show when it becomes uh, the show it's supposed to. Be. I hope this show happens. Like it, they it, I, they need it so much. I'm not. Um, against you know the Ring of Honor stuff, but at the same time, like what we were talking about earlier with how many people there are on the roster and different visions and bringing different people in and people that we don't see much of, like we need a separate show for this Ring of Honor stuff. Like it, it has to be given it. I talked to somebody on Tuesday. What day is it? Today's Thursday. So yes, I did talk mm-hmm. to somebody on Tuesday who does anticipate being a part of that Ring of Honor roster. And they're talking like the show is a go. They're talking right. like, yeah, you know, I'm once that show is going, I'm, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing. And it's a, it all sounds really interesting that uh, 
you know, the, Brian Alvarez dropped just last week that um, there's rumors of, and an, or he said the announcement is imminent as far as when that happens on, um, uh, as far as an HBO announcement um, <laughs> and it being a streaming deal. So we'll see. I, I feel like we're close. So yeah, let's. Let's hope that that's the case. But yeah, this was a great match. I thought again, um, Yuta still remains really over. I, I, every time I yeah, think about the idea that has his star faded at all, not really. No, the fans are still really into him. They still love um, him as a wrestler, and uh, I don't know. My wife still thinks he's hot. So like, <laughs> there's uh, <laughs> that's that's still the 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 one person she remarks on more than anybody. Wow. Okay. I know, right? Not what yeah. I was expecting either. But the first time she said that to me, I was like, "Really, Wheeler Yuta?" And she's like, yeah. "Yeah." She's like, "He's so put together. I love Wheeler." And um, so there, there's that. Jennifer in the chat agrees. Uh, so regardless, it, it's and Wheeler got himself a moment after the match. Yeah. So. Uh, and Chaz is also saying his girlfriend thinks the same. I guess it's just everybody's uh, Wheeler, you know, for the ladies, okay? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that that's the case here. Mm -hmm. So, we after the match was over, Renee Paquette, who was a major part of this show, Renee Paquette is backstage and she's interviewing Brian Danielson. Uh, Brian Danielson is talking about how frustrated he's been that. You know, the, he lost over Daniel Garcia and he lost the Ring of Honor Championship match. And then in comes Wheeler Yuta and Claudio. Wheeler Yuta gets in Brian's face and it's just straight up like, well, because, you know, Brian, when he talked about Wheeler, he said that Wheeler was talking back to him. And I thought mm -hmm. that was an interesting way to address him because then Wheeler comes at him like, no, you're not going to talk to me like uh, like I'm a child. I'm a man here. We just won. You are the one who's got to get your head on straight because it seems like you're the one who couldn't see through Jericho, couldn't see through Daniel Garcia, and they both got one over on you. And Claudio finally stops them. He reminds us, hey, it's Willie Yuta's birthday. By the way, me and Willie Yuta, we share a birthday. But, uh, and then Claudio, oh, I lost. Oh, that. sorry, my camera just went off, but I'm <laughs> yeah. still here, so continue. <laughs> okay, that's okay. We have a picture of you, and that's good enough at the moment. But the, uh, so we have, Wheeler and um, Claudio and Brian. And what was really cool here, and what was a really cool moment, was the foreshadowing that I didn't realize. Again, my favorite thing in pro wrestling is when a show can thread itself together. And I loved how one little thing said here ended up making the show thread itself in a way that nobody realized it was going to till the end of the show, which was Claudio shuts up Wheeler and shuts up Brian and says to them that after your match, Brian, we need to go in a room and we need to talk. And okay, everybody agrees that they're going to take themselves into a room and talk. What I wasn't expecting was how that would come into play later. And that was actually a really cool little way to tie the show together. I assume that I hear shuffling that Stephanie's back. Oh, I'm, I am here. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. It's really interesting what they're doing with um, Danielson and Unit. There's like something in AEW where like there's a thread of 
people it's like never meet your heroes you know you right. hear that so much and there's this thread of this in, in AEW and I don't know if maybe this is like Tony Khan working out his own issues with CM Punk <laughs> and stuff that's happened but you know like it was so you know we had the the Punk and MJF stuff and now we, ha we have Daniel Garcia and his feelings on Brian Danielson and Jericho and Will Yuta and Danielson and there is just this it's something that I feel like we don't really see in WWE, like people acknowledging, like growing up idolizing other wrestlers and how these relationships, how how do relationships work when you end up working with someone that you idolized on TV? Because it's not going well for Wheeler Yuta and Brian Danielson right now. Yeah, the, uh, that's actually a really, <laughs> really good point. And that is happening a lot throughout the show. Mm -hmm. um, but hey, isn't that normally the case? Uh, so the next match was Swerve in Our Glory versus FTR. Now I know I tweeted out my thing yesterday, uh, and then I revealed that I just tweeted out a bunch of stars, and apparently I was short two stars. Oops. Um, but the the thing I was tweeting out was Swerve in Our Glory is going to be FTR, and folks are going to be really mad about it. Um, <laughs> and I'll say this, just confidently, I did not get that from Swerve, but because uh, he didn't even know who I knew that. But <laughs> sure enough, the FTR did lose. And the funny thing was, I knew that a week ago, and I was like watching people tweet out, Wow, can I, I, it sounds really interesting that FTR is just going to be facing the acclaimed. And I thought, you guys are just really riding off Swerve in Our Glory here. You guys have no idea that FTR is not winning that match. Um, and I sat on that. As a matter of fact, that tweet sat in my drafts all week until I was like, all right, I'll tweet that out before Dynamite. But it was just funny to sit on and watch everybody dismissing Swerve in Our Glory, not realizing that uh ftr was never going to win that match that ftr has multiple other programs going right now they've got the gun club stuff going right now you literally have the kingdom declaring that they want the ring of honor tag team titles back the titles that they never got their rematch for and uh it's just really funny that everybody still expected that ftr was going to beat swerve in our glory go on to face the acclaimed when there is a story playing out here. And it's a long-term story that's playing out here. But there is a story unfolding within all of this that is going to make sense, played out in this match. And to talk about the match, this was great. Uh, this was... Welcome back, Stephanie. Glad I see you again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I overheated. My camera overheated. Oh, interesting. Mm. I didn't know that was a thing. I guess I yeah, didn't know that's a thing. Yeah, I haven't yeah, used this camera enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, this match was great. I loved FTR showing here. They've had some great showings all year. We know that a lot of the match of the year conversation is going to include FTR because, you know, they had the two great matches with the Briscoes. They just had a really great match with Aussie Open. We know what FTR brings to the dance. Uh, but this was, I'd say up there with at least the best FTR TV matches this year. I thought that, um, cause what the best one is probably the young bucks earlier this year. This is mm -hmm. up there. This was really good. 
I loved this entire showing. Keith Lee hasn't gotten a show out like this in a while, I thought. And this, to me, might have even been Keith Lee's best AEW showing. I think so, too, on that. Um, I thought that Swerve... Everybody always walks away from... Oh, and they're saying in the chat, it was all that talk of you to being hot heated up your camera. Um, Oh. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But I thought that... You know, Swerve, people always walk away from Swerve matches going, man, I, Swerve's really good. Yeah, he is. And he's yeah. going to continue to show you how good he is, but not just at the in-ring stuff. He's been showing you that since 2012, but um, reminding you that he's also good at the character work. And that's the stuff he's been really working on. And you can really see how much better he's getting at that. He's got the facials down. He's got all of it. The, the guys, though, uh, they just went out there and showed us what because a lot of people wanted to see this match for the tag team titles and we got to see kind of what this could have been in a pay-per-view setting of course the match had a commercial break but again it was just like keith lee went out there he showed out the i loved how many attempts they took at the big rig on keith Mm -hmm. lee without being able to necessarily hit it at first but the big payoff in the match was that they were able to hit the big rig on Keith Lee, and it looked fantastic. Um, I loved the superplex spot that led to Cash hitting the splash. That seemed like that was going to be the victory. Um, One thing Dax is really good at is getting himself in a pinning position without being extremely obvious like a a lot of guys can be. Where, you know, there's always that moment um, where the... uh, where guys will... Um, they'll be in position for a pin to have their, to get, you know, the refs are really bad about this, by the way, where a ref will get in position for a pin and intentionally make sure their legs are near the ropes. So that way a wrestler can grab them. Dax did that so seamlessly that you Mm -hmm. almost didn't even think about the fact that Swerve was about to pull him off just because he got himself in position correctly. Um, To the point of where I thought on that pin, my information was bad. When, (laughs) uh, When they hit the big rig, and they go one, two, and I, my brain, like, time stopped for a second. I thought, did I just get bad information? That can't be. This information's always good. It's literally bad at a thousand. And then uh, it was one, two, and then Swerve pulls Dax off. And I thought, okay, there it is. And uh, the gun club was, of course, at ringside. They grabbed Dax, or no, they grabbed Cash. That then allowed for Dax to come in the ring. He still tried to get a little bit of a victory roll on Keith Lee. Um, Swerve hits a low blow on Dax, which then allows Keith to hit his finish. One, two, three. It's over. Now, two things the folks should have noticed there. And maybe you didn't. Yes, the low blow happened when the ref wasn't looking. That's an important detail that Excalibur got over. But the more important story detail here is that the low blow happened when Keith wasn't looking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Their story unfolding here. And uh, it was just great stuff. I, I loved all of this. What did you think? I thought the match was really great. Definitely one of um, Keith Lee's best 
recent showings and probably his best in AEW so far. I like the story they're telling between Swerve and Keith Lee because it's an overplayed story that they're managing to do differently with more subtlety um, and it's more intriguing than how you usually see like two partners not getting along. Like this is this is different. Um, as far as like who is gonna win, I I never thought FTR were winning. <laughs> um, I love FTR. I think they're the best tag team in the world. But they booked themselves like into a corner with them having all the belts except the AEW belt, and then the acclaimed taking off at the same time it's all seems like a really tough situation to get out of um really <laughs> like so i couldn't see ftr winning on this occasion if their next feud is the gun club though that's definitely not maybe <laughs> the what they're worthy of but I mean, I'll say uh, this: the Gun Club to me has every time we walk away from any situation the Gun Club has been in, especially this last year, we always mm -hmm. kind of say the same thing, which is, oh, "Okay, they did pretty good there." And I yeah. feel like the Gun Club always walks out of these situations better than we expect them to. And mm -hmm. so I think having a great showing with FTR could actually be really good for them. It could be exactly what they need. Yeah. I, I'm just like, I don't think they're there yet. I think it's the kind of the position that they ended up in, you know, as Billy Gunn sons and then the acclaimed thing that taking off that's kind of elevated them more where they just need more seasoning. But you're right in what you said earlier that we don't really have enough tag teams. So maybe that's why, you know, the gun club is in this position to face FTR instead of other people who might seem like a better fit or more ready to do that. But the Swerve and Keith Lee stuff is interesting and it'd be interesting to see how what they can do facing the acclaimed again, given that it's going to be third match in very quick succession. Yes. Um, I think the good news is both matches played off of each other and weren't really similar to each other at all. Mm -hmm. So I would love to see, yeah, what they're able to do next and what they do with it next. Um, the next thing we saw on the show was Renee Paquette again. Uh, she, we actually, it was the first we had her backstage. She was backstage with uh, Soraya. They were kind of gushing over each other. Britt Baker interrupts. Brit and Soraya get into an argument and Renee loses it. She's like, stop. We're going to do this formally. We're going to do this officially if you guys are going to just keep bickering back and forth. And that led to the announcement later in the show that Renee is going to sit down directly with Brit and Soraya, which is probably going to lead to the match announcement, hopefully. This, this is what we're getting here. So that should be cool. But the top of the stage we saw uh renee paquette and she brings out maxwell jacob friedman to a rousing ovation very popular that maxwell mm -hmm. and max decides to go off he he does his famous moxley impersonation says he's gonna drink piss 
uh, <laughs> this was fun. Um, what what did you think specifically of the MJF promo here? Um, great promo as always from MJF. Top notch Moxie impersonation, especially doing it in front of Moxie's actual wife. Um, but it it's it's just really hard. I I think with Max right now, you know, uh, we have the crowd cheering him. He's still getting the digs in at the crowd as well. <laughs> yes, it's it's actually really great stuff. Uh, yeah. The way that he still can knock the crowd, ding the crowd, but then turn it around and they are, it's it. literally like the crowd are Dominic Mysterio and he is Rhea Ripley. <laughs> they just want it from him. Like they just want it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I, I I liked a lot of this. Uh, again, I feel like MJF is just feeling like he's on fire. He's so much better at this than I think anybody even recognizes he actually used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back and I found, you know what I watched recently? The first Fighter Fest, 2019. Mm-hmm. If you remember MJF's promo there, he comes out and he uh, basically rails on the uh that whole daytona beach crowd um and video games calls them all nerds all of that like that was such cheap heat stuff and there was so there was such little depth to maxwell back then and then to see him now and see what he does now and see how much better at it he is now is just magnificent stuff i can't believe how much better he is at this now uh, he's very good. And... He is. Okay, I'm sorry. No, it, it's... I'm going to make a controversial statement. Okay. Some may hate me for this. I don't give a fuck. But a couple years ago, and even earlier this year, people made comparisons between Maxwell Jacob Friedman and The Miz. It's a very common. Matter of fact, CM Punk last year called him a less famous Miz. MJF is better at literally everything. There is not a single thing on this earth that a professional wrestler can do that MJF isn't better than The Miz at. Everything. Every single thing. There's, if you're going to make the comparison, it needs to be that, wow, MJF is like Miz if Miz like sucked at everything that MJF can do. Um, and that's it. That's how it goes. I'm sorry. There's no comparison at this stage. Even, I'll take it a step further. Remember when MJF was doing all of those interviews just a couple weeks ago, going into Grand Slam, and he did Ariel Hawani, he did did Barstool, Uh did all those interviews. You know how the one big thing people do give Miz, they're like, but Miz is a great brand ambassador. I think MJF is better at that genuinely this isn't like a oh i'm just saying this to hate i mean like if you're gonna make that comparison like mjf has even managed to be a really good brand ambassador in a way where he can promote the brand and still be mjf and that was really really impressive it didn't seem like he was turning himself off turning the character off when he went on those shows 
He went in, managed to put over AEW, managed to put over mm-hmm. the show, managed to even put over other people on the show, and then but reminded people, but also I'm salt of the earth and I'm better than you and you know it. So, I oh. I don't think that was controversial, man. I think he's <laughs> like so clearly better than them is now. I might be saying something controversial, but so what you were saying before about how he's grown completely, completely agree with, because I've always thought Max is the absolute treasure. He is the person that AEW is luckiest to have. And he, he really, really is. And he's the person that when they, he was gone that I've actually missed the most. There's been periods when Punk was gone. There's been periods when Omega was gone. Other people, I don't think anything stood out as much as when Max was gone. And I always thought he was um, amazing. But one one thing I would say was the content of the promos. Like It was a lot of cheap heat. Um, and a very repetitive sometimes and it, it you could see it when he was doing like these longer feuds with Jericho and Punk that there was repetition and he was having to go out there you know deliver these promos every single week in long feuds with the same guy however since the beginning I've said that Max has had this is a controversial statement the greatest delivery I've ever seen in a pro wrestler ever he delivers his promos no matter what he's saying better than anyone else i have never seen anyone exude my confidence like max i can watch any other wrestler and you just pick up on things where like there's a, a falter here or something here where it's not perfect and max's delivery has always just been the most perfect thing and now he has the content to match it so he's only getting better and he's only going to get even better. So he is so much better than the Miz. And he, <laughs> and I don't, I, I'm not even someone that thinks that like wrestlers should play their character all the time, but I don't think you can make a comparison in any way between Max and the Miz because he's just done so well at, in this current age in keeping the MJF persona Whereas Miz is out there doing reality shows and being like this nice guy and then going on TV and we all have to tell him about his balls. And it's just, <laughs> you know, it's unless he wants to like change his reality show into the, the storyline being that he has small balls, then he's not, you know, he's not doing as good a job as, as Max is portraying that character 24-7. I know. I'd like. I. I said all that to say. I want to see the comparison die because, like, I don't mm-hmm. think they. It's are... a lazy, lazy comparison. I think it was based on the fact that there were some people because he was such a good problem because he was so young could not accept that he was a good wrestler as well. Yeah. And I think that's what it was. People that couldn't accept he was a good wrestler were like, "Oh, he's like the Miz. He just talks, you know." And it yeah. just wasn't true. No, it's never been true. And MJF delivers when he's out there. I love it. It's it's such great stuff um and he was interrupted though by stokely who implied that he was going to go after mox with the firm mjf again annoyed by stokely tells him don't do it or you're fired i want mox at a hundred percent and uh stokely said read you loud and clear walked off Mm -hmm. what could that mean hmm 
guess we'll find out a little bit later. But we did see Brian Danielson one-on-one for the first time ever with Sammy Guevara. Wow, this was good. Um, and, like, I knew it would be. But uh, I don't sure, I'm not sure what I was expecting. But it was good. It was really good. Um, Sammy Guevara versus Brian Danielson was one of those matches that I probably had written down on a list of, like, who would I like to see Brian face if he goes to AEW? He is probably on that list. But I'll tell you, as uh, Sammy's stock has dropped a lot this year, it fell off my radar of matches I thought I wanted to see. But I'm glad we saw it. They had great chemistry. I thought that they they just tied up so well. And had, say, somebody in the chat just said they had great chemistry. They had great chemistry out there. They were uh, just playing off of each other in the ring so well in a way where I can't believe I didn't want to... I, I can't believe this match fell off my list of things I wanted to see. Um, I thought that... Sammy had great counters for Brian's offense. He came off like somebody who, as he then later tweeted, actually studied Brian. I recognize we lost you again, Stephanie. Yeah, still here. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) It's all good. Uh, But the way that these guys just went at it out there and Brian came off like he had a chip on his shoulder and of annoyance from the Jericho Appreciation Society, and he was going to take it out on Sammy, but Sammy kept getting the best of him, and they just kept having this really cool, great back and forth that ended up uh, really, I think, reminding people that Sammy still has it uh, going on in the ring, and that, yeah, he's had some some misfires this year, but for the most part, it was all really good. And uh, But I appreciated the way... He, Brian defeated him and he defeated him in such a take out my frustration kind of way. The way that he uh, locked him in the triangle and then continued to just rain elbows on uh, on Sammy Guevara. Great, great stuff. I was just such a fan. Stephanie, what yes. did you think? I thought it was a I thought it was a good match, but Sammy oh, has there's like a butt. He has the most extreme go-away heat with, I've ever experienced with someone, which is crazy because this time last year, well, maybe a little bit before that, I was a huge fan of Sammy. Like, I want it more for Sammy. And no one has, like, their stock, no one has ever had their stock drop so much with me than with Sammy. It's just... The whole act is awful, awful. I wanted Brie Bella to run in and just clean house on these two <laughs> full, absolute fools on my TV. Um, but it was enjoyable for how, you know, Brian was. He was taking out those frustrations on Sammy. Um, Sammy, he is, a, he is a good wrestler, but I think a lot, a lot needs to be done with him to kind of rehab him and, like, how... You see him and how just he can be taken. It's just it, it's been all been just such a misfire with him. So good match, but I could have lived without seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, not to my be God. rude. I, I can't. I can't complain about seeing anything, Brian. But that's why was... I was like, I can't believe Brian, Brian Danielson's in a match that I don't want to see. Thanks, Sammy. <laughs> You know, for being there. I won't harp 
as much, but I'll say that yeah, no, I I, I don't know. I liked it. Um and but I'll tell you what match I knew I was gonna like, but doesn't even matter. Still liked it anyway. That was Jamie Hayter versus Riho. One on one. We saw this match last year in North Carolina. Uh, was that it wasn't Charlotte? Don't tell me, folks. Um, it was Greensboro. I think it was Greensboro, North Carolina, right? Somebody look that up and tell me if that was uh, <laughs> if that's correct. But I'm pretty sure it was Greensboro. We saw Hater versus Riho one on one, one more time. The match delivered last time, and they did it again. Thank you. Jamie Hayter and Riho. Jamie Hayter was, of course, accompanied to the ring by Britt Baker and... Uh, not even, like, fully accompanied, but either way, they brought her out. Riho, not as strong of a reaction as she had the week before because she's up against a very, very popular Jamie Hayter. But still, uh, I'd say it was, like, 70-30. Hi, Hello, sorry. <laughs> but, it's uh, so hot in my flat. You have no idea. <laughs> all good by the way i have to say love the sting figure um thank you i love sting well and there's there's sting stuff he's, on this show he's my wheeler yuda <laughs> um no comment so, that's it i don't have anything else look sting was my my hero as a kid so far as i'm concerned there is no sting slander around these parts um graham b says jamie's twisting suplexes are the new three amigos i can see that i mean look uh there was still dueling chant in this crowd the crowd was into um oh it was usb or ubs arena i was ubs arena really that's where it was okay um so that would have been december 18th last year or 8th december 8th december 8th last year huh okay um damn i was actually way off uh what happened at the the greensboro show then i know that was that main event that featured everybody dressed to sting that was great but i could have sworn the jamie match was on that show but maybe i'm wrong um either way jamie Riho went out there i thought they had a great match here i thought that uh this was kind of a showing that jamie needed to have a lot of people have been wondering when are they going to capitalize on these reactions that Jamie's been getting. This felt like the first step toward that, especially when it seems like they are gearing us up for Jamie to get the title shot against Tony Storm. Oh, this is such a good match. Um, Jamie and Rio are a mismatch, which makes them a perfect match. Mm -hmm. It works so well. Um, the person Rio is so good at getting a crowd into her with what she can do. Um, so it's great. I think you're right that this is the first step in them finally doing something with Jamie, who has got herself over so organically um, with, you know, so little kind of attention just on her personally. So I thought it was great. And also glad Rio's back as well. But I, I can't wait to see what Jamie gets at the pay-per-view i hope it's tony storm because that'll be such a good match well after the match was over 
we actually got that. We we saw. Oh, that. I totally forgot. <laughs> Tony Storm did come to the stage and raise the title at Jamie. I think mm-hmm. that's where we're heading for full gear. I put out um, a question the other day as to how Jamie should win the title. We know Jamie's going to win the title. The question was just how, and it was uh, should. Because whatever happens has to involve Brit. It just does. Yeah. People. I, I got people who are coming at me going, why don't you just not involve Brit at all? Because you don't not pay off Jamie's story with Brit. So I said one of three things. Either does Jamie uh, defeat Brit first and then go on to the title. That was my option A. Option B was does Brit win the title at some point and then Jamie goes after Brit or option C, which seemed to get a very popular, um, that it was a very popular option. And given the way things are going, you could actually play this one out. Option C was, does Jamie win the title? And then Brit in a, in a bit of jealousy comes after her. And now I would like to see option C. I'd like to see in a, yeah, my fantasy scenario here, which, by the way, loving Tony Storm as champion, so I wouldn't mind her yeah. continuing, but I recognize that the fans are screaming for Jamie Hayter. I would love to see Jamie win the title. And I know everybody's comparison is always Randy Orton getting turned on by Evolution, but that happened immediately. They had no patience. Literally, it was Randy won the title. Next night on Raw, Hunter dumps him out of Evolution. There should have been... And that's also considered like a really awful storyline. Like that's considered what set Orton back three years. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think in this scenario, if you're going to do that storyline, have it play out a little bit longer of like Jamie wins, Britt pretends to be happy for her, but can't help but notice she's got my belt. And uh, as the months progress, have her like continually make like little backhanded comments, little things like that until finally like Brit snaps and turns on Jamie. And then that's where you finally play, pay that story off. That's how I would do it if I were going to, to wait that long. Um, but I think Jamie is proving to be very ready. I think uh, initially I would have gone with Jamie defeating Brit first. I think mm-hmm. the introduction of Soraya has kind of thrown off something that could have been a great storyline mm-hmm. between these women, but I'll not get into that. <laughs> but I think what will happen and would be a good story as well is Jamie winning the title from Tony and Brit almost being like, you know, you should kind of like give it to me type yes. thing you know I'm you know I'm the one in charge so oh thank you you won that for me you know what are what are we gonna do this like almost thinking that Jamie's just gonna like lay down for her or something because that's kind of the relationship and Brit with how she is leading the faction seems so self-involved that she probably the character doesn't realize that Jamie A is really popular right now and B can kind of eye roll her a lot. And I think they can tell a great story together with the, the struggle and Reba's gonna be hilarious during this whole thing as well. So, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to Jamie winning the title. Yeah, I, I wanna see her win. I think it's the way to go right now. J- I think Tony Storm's doing a great job as champion. She and really I is. I think that um, 
just the amount of defenses and appearances she's had has just all come off really well. She's like Sheeta, like she's never going to get the full credit for just being a great champion that went out there and defended the title mm -hmm. so often. She's not the, the flashiest, she's not the talker, but she's carrying, you know, the, the matches. It's very like Karashita's reign, like during the pandemic, yeah. that was a great reign that just, it just wasn't the, like fanciest rain or most exciting rain, but it was a hard working rain. And that's what Tony's doing. Absolutely. Jennifer, shout out Jennifer says, option C is the best option, grins. Um, happy belated B-Day, Will. Welcome, Miss Chase. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Jennifer. Jennifer. Uh, two more things to talk about on the show. There was a Darby promo. Um, and Darby talked about uh, some things. He mentioned how we haven't seen Sting with him lately. And he said it's because he told Sting that he was just not feeling like himself lately, that he was feeling like giving up. And Sting told him, um, you know, you, the same Darby that, that pulled me up, that brought me back, that turned me into a wrestler again, um, I'm not letting him give up. And so he said, I'm going to go back on the horse. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it on my own. Um, yeah, that's, there's stuff around that, but, mm -hmm. um, probably not my place to talk about. So I'll let somebody else be that person. But the, uh, I, I will say that I, I'm intrigued. And they said next week, the person that Jay Lethal was talking about last week, we're going to meet. Who could it be? Who is this person that Darby should be? worried about i have no idea i have <laughs> no, no idea, idea either no clue uh but again i'm intrigued um it is a way to put some interest on a match that i didn't really want to see the first time and it was only okay the first time and that was uh jay lethal versus darby allen but we're gonna see it again but this time there's a mystery person who could show up somebody who knows darby knows darby's weakness i genuinely have no idea who this is yeah, I don't either. I think um, the J it's now that there's a Jay Lethal verse instead of the Cody verse. People just get sucked into doing things with this man. Um, like this man that just will not just go home and leave us all alone. But I think Darby, like, he can make the best of it. You know, he's good at getting things out of maybe not the best story or the most story, but... Mm -hmm. There's an intrigue in who this person could be. I honestly have no idea who it could be. The unless Ethan Page is doing double duty. Chat thinks it's Miro, um, which... Well, someone better find Miro. So <laughs> yeah. if it's Jay Lethal that's tracked him down. Um, I, I mean, Miro did beat Darby. Um, yeah. For the TNT title. That is somebody who does know Darby's weakness. Uh, I don't know. I genuinely don't know at all who it is. Um, but I'm 100% down for it being Miro. That's yeah. That's really good. That's better than another new face on TV Yes. where it probably will, will never fully be explained how they know Darby. It's better just someone that we've seen in canon. <laughs> well, like, because the, the chat's saying, like, Brody King, but, like, we just saw that. That was yeah, a yeah. month ago. Uh, I don't know who it could he be. He wouldn't but... be a reveal because Bodhi King's always there. So, yeah. Um, now, I suppose one place where if it is Miro, 
it was kind of like in front of our eyes the entire time, which is if you go and look at all, and I just thought of this because for whatever reason, I do have event posters memorized. If you look Mm -hmm. at all of the event posters coming up for all of the upcoming weeks, the only event that has Miro on the poster is next week's show. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, if that's the case, okay, yeah, uh, that one would have been spelled out for us the entire time. Uh, so, I would laugh if that is the case. Uh, I really hope that. Yeah, the yeah case. I, I just had to pull those up just to be certain because I'm like, I'm pretty sure I remembered seeing Miro on a poster for one of the upcoming events, and sure enough, it is Baltimore. Um, the Chesapeake. <laughs> it wasn't just the side of a milk carton. No, nope, it was Chesapeake. Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena has Miro. Yeah, the three people on the front are Miro, MJF, and John Moxley, straight up up front. Uh, so I don't know. But then again, Adam Cole is on the poster for this Friday's Rampage, and I don't think that's the case. Don't be Although, starting rumors. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, but speaking of which, this Friday, or they also announced for next Wednesday, Chris Jericho is going to be facing a former Ring of Honor world champion. And there's lots of people speculating as to who that could be because there is a very long list just inside of AEW as to who that could be. No clue who it could be. Uh, I mean, like, there's a piece of me that'd be really excited if it's like Nigel McGuinness could have another match. That'd be cool. But genuine, no idea. So I have no idea either. But... um. I want either Nigel, if he can, or Loki are my two that I want. I feel like if it's some, this this is another thing that's really hard as well, because the idea of saying, um, I will challenge any former champion. And I felt like when I rewatched the promo today, that that promo was not, the sound was not good on that promo. No. And um, Excalibur even addressed that. Yeah, yeah, it it was very bad. But I felt like he was talking about basically anyone that had held gold in Ring of Honor rather than just a world champion because he seemed to like mention that rather than uh, honing in on world champions. But th- this one is just so hard because when you when you bring people in, like one of my favorites, Dalton Castle, was the last one that we saw brought in, and it's kind of. You can never give them like the fanfare that they deserve. And I don't just mean that by like a, a fancy entrance. You're kind of like for the audience, okay, this guy is a former Ring of Honor champion and that's really about it. And then they get beaten. So it doesn't look that great. But then if you just pick someone from the roster that's been a Ring of Honor champion, like Brian Danielson or, um, you know, Claudia, whatever, then it's not very exciting because when someone co- like says, I challenge anyone, you don't, you know, it, the, the expectation is someone, it's not going to be someone from like the locker room. The expectation makes it higher. Yeah. So it's such a hard thing to book. I love, I, I love the Jericho's ring of honor uh, world title run and that he's doing this. Even if I see these like holes and complications in it, and even if I'm like the first person to say like there's too many 
people being shown on TV on like a monthly basis that we either don't see again or whatever. I am that person, but I'm also the person that's like, well, this better be Loki coming in. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, I, I am both those people. So there are so many cool options they can run with. Loki would be so really cool. cool. Um, so cool. Uh, MC Scammer says, uh, speaking of ROH belts, am I in the minority that the titles just don't feel that valuable? I just don't get excited like I do for the AEW titles. I don't think you're in the minority. I you're definitely just, not. Yeah, I hear that all the time. I spoke to somebody who said they stopped watching AEW because of too much featuring of Ring of Honor. Um, so yeah, we're... the titles, we've not been given a reason to feel the titles are valuable that Ring of Honor has, except this this world title with what they're doing with it. Yeah. So, no, you're not in the minority no. at all. Uh, and so, finally, we shall wrap up by talking about the main event, in which we saw John Moxley take on Pinta El Cero Miedo. And uh, this was less remarkable than I would have liked it to be. Uh, yeah. I think I got more excited at the idea of the match than it actually happening, but it was fine. It was um, fine. Yeah, that was it. I think <laughs> I almost think MJF did a little harm to the match by doing such a good crowd pleasing impersonation of John Moxley. I think he took a lot of the wind out of Moxley's sails for the match later. Because I feel like the crowd wasn't as into Moxley as they probably would have been had they seen him maybe first. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that I just feel like it kind of brought the match down. It was is fine. It was a fine main event. That's about it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was. I don't know. That's it. <laughs> that's what I could say. It's like almost unremarkable. It uh, was a match that needed to happen because they were going to do an angle. Like, yes, that's literally how I feel about it because there was no build other than that video that was so not a build that you now feel bad for asking for a build if that's what you got. Yeah. Um, and that's a really good observation. Like, it, 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 it was. And, you know, if Moxie was doing a thing like, with what we were saying that Jericho is doing where he was like, I'll challenge anyone like every week, then that's totally fine. He can have all those random matches, but this one, it just did feel to me like, who can we have Moxie in a match with that? He can be like, no one was buying that Penta was winning this match and that's it. And there's an angle that we have to do, which, you know, with what happened with the title match the week before, who knows how booking got changed or whatever. So it was, it was a fine match. It was, as my friend Ben, I would say, it was two professional wrestlers having a professional wrestling match. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Moxley won. He hit a paradigm shift followed by a death rider or a death rider followed by a paradigm <laughs> shift. Depends on who you're asking, I guess. But either way, he, he hit them both. He wins one, two, three. Um, then out comes the firm. They jump John Moxley. I could have sworn MJF told them earlier that they'd be fired if they touched John Moxley. What's going mm-hmm. on here? MJF comes out to the top of the stage. He's initially like, what are you guys doing? He starts to turn around and then he runs to the ring and tells them to stop. He points at uh, Stokely, tells him he's fired, turns back to Moxley, um, says a couple words to him, then turns around and the firm beats up MJF. They destroy MJF. They put him through a table, uh, the timekeeper's desk. What's going on here? 
This is super. I don't. I don't know what to say about this. There were okay. There's a couple of kind of negative things that I want to say. Firstly, um, I do feel that John Moxley has been plugged into something that wasn't made for John Moxley, that was made for for CM yeah, Punk. Punk yeah. And the whole the holes in the story are there. I I although side note, really quick. Without John Moxley here, you don't get the regal stuff. Yeah, I think that I think that was an add-in though. Yeah. But it's I... the Blackpool Combat Club, they're having this big feud with the Jericho Appreciation Society. And then in at the end of this dynamite, they get locked in a closet by a totally different faction. And that those kind of things that just made me think feel like okay. Um, that yeah, John Moxie's still in the Blackpool Combat Club. Hmm. I just feel like if CM Punk was still around, John Moxie would be involved in the Blackpool Combat Club JAS stuff, you know, instead. And that was hey, Moxie said he was supposed to take six weeks off. We're, we're just yeah. now getting back from he'd just now be getting back from vacation, yeah, to to join his friends against the JAS to probably challenge for the Ring of Honor uh title. But, um, you know, that's not what happened. So anyway, the firm, I don't, I don't want to be too down on them, but for this being a faction beat down, it, to me, didn't have the impact that it would have if it was guys that we were more used to, more established, and also guys that we felt could actually go a little bit further. It, it was, I don't know, it gave me, oh, I don't want to say this, but I will say it. it. It gave me retribution vibes. Ooh, that wasn't what I was expecting you to say at all, but. I just, okay. I mean, I can't say that's unfair. I like mm-hmm. everybody in um, Blackpool, I mean, in uh, the firm. I like but... them too. I like them too. I just mean like, am I, I'm just going to use the example of a, another faction, but imagine if like a year into the inner circle, Santana, Ortiz, Sammy, and Jake had got together and done this to Jericho. It would be like a whoa thing. And this is like, huh, big cast. I mean, a lot of people I'm sure can't really name every member of the firm yet because we just haven't seen enough of them. And for just a big blowout angle, I know like, you know, the main point is MJF and what is MJF's plan and if he's really a good guy or if this is another part of his plan or whatever. But it, yeah, it, I think it, it, the supporting cast were not who I would have picked to support the great main players. That is a hot take. Oh. The, chat, the chat is on it. Uh, no, some are like, I see somebody saying early retribution vibes, maybe, but recent retribution, no. Somebody gave you a hot take. Somebody, uh, Jennifer said that was perfect. Firm tribution. I mean, you set the chat off. I'll give you that. No, I'm going to have to change my name. <laughs> well, I, I've offered you plenty of synonyms there at the bottom. So, True. Uh, so if you want to become <laughs> Stephanie Follow, uh, you are more than welcome to. Stephanie that was Hunt, the sh- sounds good. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, so 
we got to wrap the show because I have to go because we have uh, Ask Rhapsody coming up here very, very shortly. I think it's really funny. Uh, thank you, BMAC, um, on Twitter that I said earlier, I, I made that point about having talked to an unnamed wrestler. Now, I literally see myself tagged in a tweet that says, Will from Grapsity just stated that uh, he spoke with an unnamed wrestler that said that there might be a Ring of Honor show happening. That's how <laughs> easily I can say things on this show, and all of a sudden, it's it's a thing. So... Uh, that was why I bit my tongue earlier on something I probably could have said, but don't have. Uh, I don't think I, I have the the cash to, yeah. to top that one. Um, so mm. like I said, I would leave that to somebody else. So this is where we talk about uh, some good old fashioned ratings. So nine ninety seven, and uh, so. 3,000 shy of a million, which is, of course, going to lead Twitter users to argue over literally 3,000. By the way, margin of error on these is 10,000. So keep that in mind before you start arguing with people over 3,000. But yes, it's 997, so just shy of a million. Uh, It came in under uh, ESPN's basketball airings, um, which both did... 1.8 1.8 million and 1.79 million. So I could have just said 1.8 for either one. Uh, so basically ESPN held three of the top four spots. Uh, Real Housewives had number three. That actually did a really big rating for Real Housewives. And then number five was All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. So still broke top five. Um, didn't beat any of the games, but it did beat the challenge, um, which used to be its biggest Wednesday night competitor. And now all of a sudden... Uh, Reg, you got to get on supporting the challenge again because you're not beating, uh, you're not helping it beat AEW. Um, Shy Town Spurs says, "Wow, I totally disagree. Felt like this was the first time they felt like a big deal." That was on the topic of uh, the firm. I'm interested. I'll say this: I, I agree with Shy Town Spurs. There, this is the first time I'm truly interested in the firm, and mm-hmm. so. I'm curious where this is going because it all happened so fast. Literally, yeah. we just revealed the firm and MJF's alliance at the beginning of, or sorry, at the end of the last pay per view. So, what's going on? Why is this happening so quick? Yeah. I don't know. But we have to part because my son got out of school three minutes ago and I got to go get him. So, Stephanie, <laughs> um, let the folks know where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Stephanie M. Chias, Stephanie M. Chias on Instagram, Stephanie Chias Wrestling on YouTube, and I do a lot of TikTok nowadays, and I am Stephanie M. Chias on TikTok as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still too, I guess, over the hill for TikTok. Uh, <laughs> although, hey, Elon Musk just bought Twitter, so I may have to find a new home. I don't know how mm-hmm. that's going to turn out. But, ladies and gentlemen, Thank you for being a part of this week's edition of Day After Dynamite. Uh, If you're subscribed to Fightful Select, in about 15 minutes, I'll be right back uh, with Righteous Reg and Philip Lindsay. Uh, But otherwise, join us next week for another edition of Day After Dynamite. Same time, 3 p.m. Eastern, and that is noon Pacific right here at YouTube.com slash Fightful. For Stephanie Chase, I'm Will Washington. I will see you next time. Have a great day. Peace.